Sadly, there's only two people that are leaving Indonesia in any real sense of glory this weekend. Number one is Miguel Oliveira, and number two is the Rain Shaman. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Look, we all were mocking until her job paid off and it worked perfectly. Way to go. <laughs> Welcome to episode 349 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And welcome to a brand new round. Well, not brand, not brand new. It was the first time we've been here in 25 years. The last time we raced in Indonesia for MotoGP was 1997. And we're back in Indonesia. And it was, well, I want to say it was messy. Great, but but the way we got there was, uh, yeah, messy, to say the least. Um, we'll break down what we liked, what we didn't like, and how we got to this point uh, over the next 45 minutes or so. Um, with me, again, uh, pulling double duty tonight. God bless him. It's our esteemed panel. First up, Cam, how's it going, man? I'm fine. I'm just uh, killing every instance of the Michelin Man I can find. His reign ends tonight. <laughs> this is this is not this is normal for us. Usually, we have a grudge to we have a grudge against this very horny man made of tires, just mm. breaking ribs off of his body so that other people can ride their bicycles. It's a problem. They can walk home. <laughs> I have a scooter. It's fine. RJ, how's it going, man? Uh, disappointed. Now that I'm getting into VTubers. Um, oh, as Lord. part of my job, um, very disappointed to see that Kareji Ali was not our grand marshal for today's race, but but we'll make do. This this seemed like a good race and very 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 pretty track, uh, despite all of you know the mess that went into it. Shortcomings, shortcomings to say the least. Hey King, how's it going, man? Uh, going going for the good. Uh, not wearing orange tonight, but uh, I am in spirit. Let's go, Knicks and KTM. <laughs> it's 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 going well in King's corner of the room. In case he hadn't told already, it's like we are in a world right now where the leader of the teams and manufacturers championship in MotoGP is, and I'm checking my notes here. KTM. <laughs> what the hell happened? We were dunking on this team in our season preview. They have Ryan the second and fourth, and they are leading both other major championships. You know, maybe we just put our faith in the wrong orange-blue team going into the season. Yeah. No, maybe, no maybe. comment. No yeah. comment. <laughs> clearly. Clearly we all missed a trick. Like, you know... But that is it. Like, I am leaving the MotoGP side of things. You can replace me with Matt Oxley. It's fine. It's over for me. I chose <laughs> well, the wrong... improvement for all of us. <laughs> and that's you, no criticism on you, Dre. That no, you know what? I can't even disagree with you on that one. I, was, I just wasn't prepared for that kind of slander. <laughs> Fair enough. Neither is 40, Michelin. Whoa, oh, we'll get to them later. Uh, over the next forty-five minutes, we'll be talking all about Miggy Oliveras. Minor surprise, not really one in Indonesia. Uh, we got to this point. Michelin, the track, all of that, because a lot of the dominant talk will be about Mark Marquez and the fact he didn't take part in this race and probably won't be taking part for a couple more at least. Um, and how we got to that point too. We're giving flowers to an unexpected person. It's not Lord Binder. It's 
the other binder. No, we're being serious, honestly. Um, And we'll be talking about the race in general, of course. But without further ado, let's get into the reason why we're here. But before that, uh, basically, you can find us real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 1. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. If you'd like to follow my personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, and at CBuckfleet917. Um, just take out the vowels, you'll be fine. Um, and yeah, if you, you have you got, pardon me. <laughs> I've got our Instagram page, Motorsport 101 Pod. I confused myself for a second there. Our website, motorsport101.com. And if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon as well. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. All sorts of perks on there as well. So, without further ado, let's get into MotoGP's Grand Prix of Indonesia. Oh, it's been a long time coming, folks. 25 years in the making, and when we came back, the heavens opened. So much so, our main event was put off by a good... I think it was an hour and a quarter or so, King? I think uh, it was... I yeah, know, it, was, it was at least an hour. It was, it, was a, it was a good hour. The heavens opened, torrential downpour, conditions were unrideable. Um, Indonesia broke out the rain, Charmin. Uh the job to move the clouds away and it actually worked well enough that we actually did get a race in the end although it was reduced to 20 laps and in it Miguel Oliveira dominated uh pulled away from Jack Miller didn't see that coming me neither he was 16 to 1 going into that race so another outsider in, in motorsport so far this year has won this is becoming a bit of a pattern this year amazingly um but yeah Miguel Oliveira taking the win in in startling fashion, just dominating, ripped away from Jack Miller about halfway through and basically didn't look back. Fabio Cotteraro was second in the end after breaking away from the second group and Zarco followed him through in third for another Zarco podium that wasn't a win. I think he's had 10 of those now for the last time I kept score. Um, So yeah, as I joked about in the intro, KTM now have their riders second and fourth in the championship. And they lead both the teams that construct this championships too. What have you guys made of KTM's performance so far this season, as well as Mickey's on Sunday? I'm looking at you, King. <laughs> Talk me down on this. Uh, pretty strong start of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Though, you have to take into account a lot of wild things happened this weekend and uh, the weekend prior that we're going <laughs> to get into later in the show, so I won't get too into depth. But... Uh, KTM were just consistent and fast in all the right moments to just be out in front. And I don't think they're going to be able to just keep doing this every single race weekend. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm almost disappointed at how modest King is about this because I would say, yeah, we're going to run the table this year. <laughs> like, and they had his one win and now Miggy and Brad's going to come together and one two the rest of the season. It's going to be great. I mean, uh, yeah, hailed- Tech 3 still can't finish in the points, but but we're going all the way. Uh, we're working on Fair it. play to Miggy as well for doing this uh, after a whole-ass uh, fortnight after we said that he is done in this town. Mm. Shouldn't be. Still probably is, but he shouldn't be. It's... <laughs> I, I've mentioned this before, going back to my bike live days, even when you know it was me, Lewis, and Bex, and we were talking about him and when he was in Moto Three. Like this kid is a is a phenomenal talent. I I, I shouldn't even say kid because he's twenty seven now. I just feel old even mentioning that about Miguel Oliveira. But let's say I in Moto GP terms these days, he's an old man. 
Yeah, Jesus, crazy. But, you know, half a decade ago, this man was fighting with Danny Kent for a Moto 3 world title, and he reigned in like an 80-point gap over the summer break to take it to a decider in Valencia. And by the time, like, they, yeah, Kent, Kent won the title in the end. But I was telling everyone that was prepared to listen that Oliveira was going to be the real talent to come out of that fight. I was right um, in that one. he He's won Moto2 rounds. He was a Moto2 championship runner-up. And it's it almost felt bittersweet watching him win that because it's like you know how good this kid can be sometimes. Like, He's won four MotoGP races at the top flight level now, and there's only about five dudes that have actually won more than him in that current field. Like it's it's easy to forget that that it's gone around a fair bit in the last couple of years, and it's also easy to forget that this was his first top ten finish in eleven races. He hasn't he hasn't finished in the top ten in a That's race since Assen last year, and of course, yeah, when the he injury does last win, year really put. Purely put a damper on what was a pretty solid season he was putting together last year. Yeah, it, it all got derailed after the summer break. It was it was crazy how it all just fell apart. And I've mentioned it before. He's the odd man out in this entire KTM system. Brad Binder's on a big extension. The Tech Free guys are highly touted prospects. They'll get all the time in the world to develop and see what they come up with. Pedro Acosta is again the elephant in the room. He will be in MotoGP probably next year. You know, the odd one out is Miggy, whether he sticks around or not, or whether he's putting himself in the shop window for another factory. Because let's not forget, Yamaha was sniffing around this guy last year. He could have ended up there if he, if he really wanted to, but he didn't. He, he could have been the Vinales replacement. He's got to be the one to spearhead this team. And I hope it's the sign of more from Miggy because he's so good when he wants to be. Like, we saw him at Tech 3 a couple of years ago when he dominated in Portimao, and I'm just like, this guy is so good! He's so good! And it's, his upside is off the charts. If he traded, like, 10% of that for some consistency, oh, what a rider he'd be. My God. Um, I hope it's... Well, be- well, well, and to that effect, Dre, the, the, I think the biggest problem is that it's not necessarily Miggy being inconsistent, because obviously last year he had an injury that really derailed his season. Mm. It's just that KTM is wildly up and down every weekend. Yeah. Um, even this weekend, I mean, he was fantastic. He took the lead early on. There was no challenge. Fabio started running him down near the end. Miggy was just coasting, turned it back up, pulled another second back out on him, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Everyone else on a KTM, uh, well, nowhere. Oof. Yeah. Um, Bender was lower top 10. The Tech 3 guys weren't even in the... Uh, were they even in the points? They were not no. in the points. They were uh, out Robert, of the points. Robert was 17th. Yeah. Um, Miggy, Miggy's showing us the good kind of dentistry because I know we're not going to talk about sabering, but LMP3 <laughs> drivers, take note. That's how you be a racing dentist. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Mad impressive win. Like They're, they're all impressive for Miggy because I said... The, the ceiling is so high with this guy. It's ridiculous. And I, I just wish we saw it more often with him more than anything else because the man's mad talented. And I want to see King get excited about KTM. The only way that happens is if they win more. So win more. Like, please, between him and Binder, <laughs> figure, figure it out. Honestly, it's more fun that way. Unfortunately, this weekend was also largely overshadowed by the Ooh. big, the big, 
breaking news story. In the UK, it was frigging three in the morning UK time when this happened on Sunday morning. So a lot of people probably woke up realizing, wait, where's number 93? Um, well, we had a warm-up session before the race had started, and during that warm-up session, well, for context, I've been watching Grand Prix motorcycle racing for 22 years now. I have never, and I mean ever, seen a high side as big as the one that Mar Marquez suffered during that one. But it's a turn seven on Indonesia's track. In the dry, Close throttle. A, yeah, closed throttle. He's still traveling at 115 miles an hour during this. And he's been launched 15 feet in the air. Like the Honda completely spins out from underneath him. He's launched in the air and he lands on his head. He was, he, he was able to walk away. He was taken to hospital for checks. They, he was diagnosed with a concussion um, on the day. So, again, Marquez pulled out of the race. He did not take part in the race at all. Got the first flight back home. And by the time, unfortunately, the race was over, the next day we find out that uh, turns out Marquez has had a, a relapse of his diploma that took him out of the end of last season for several rounds. It's come back. Yeah, um, yeah, the Diplopia episode he had. Thankfully, not as severe as that. We're going to find out how bad it is in the coming week and see kind of what his recovery timetable is. Mm -hmm. But We don't know. Long story. Yeah, it's, we bad. it's bad. Like casual observers of, of, of MotoGP, take it what you will, are like begging for Mark to retire at this point. And I this, mean, um, no. And we'll get to why, because um, we had problems this weekend. First of all, I'll address the track. Dre, mm. how about this surface in Indonesia? Shit. It's a, um, it, how long it, has it, it been shit? Um, pretty much since its, its inception. Amazingly... Um, Developing tarmac can be quite hard in, in, in Indonesia, apparently. Um, this whole surface was not curated properly from the start. Um, we don't cover the series so much anymore on this show, but this people were talking about this as far back as November last year, during World, World Superbikes raced here in November. And I distinctively remember a conversation that was had, I think it was between Julian Ryder and Chaz Davies, you might remember from World Superbikes, who retired at the end of last season. And Chaz openly said to him on Twitter, um, the track surface was falling apart towards the end of the race already. Um, remember that thought. Fast forward to the end of February, where we had the second test for MotoGP. Um, and when we talked about how there was a lot of complaints about dirt being swept up onto the track, as well as it being very dusty. Um, the riders all complained and they were like, okay, fine. We'll resurface the entire track three weeks out from the, the actual race day. Yeah, you're, Andre, you're supposed uh, to give um, it five. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, you're supposed to give a track surface five weeks to bed in naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, they gave it three that coupled with, um, blistering temperatures. We had track temperatures over 65 degrees centigrade, which is just you can fry an egg on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
This created a conundrum for Michelin, who, in all of this, due to blistering concerns, brought a 2017 spec stiffer cased rear tire due to safety concerns. Bruh, bruh, bruh. <laughs> With all like- that in mind, I, I posed the question to the group, how responsible are Michelin for this disastrous turn of events? Um, I do not have gloves to touch this pot, but Ooh. Dre, you, you, put, you made a, uh, a very terrifying point at the start of your notes. Mm. Well, there's, there's a couple in here, unfortunately. Um, um, but the one that leapt off the page to me was in an interview with motorsport.com. Alicia Spargaro, pretty as Alicia Spargaro, was, had a, well, I, I, I don't like to use the phrase here in this context, but he had the best seat in the house for Marquez's last. It was literally a couple of seconds behind Mark when that high side happened. And Alicia had already had a couple of near misses himself with his rear tyre. Um, I'm going to read out this quote. Um, I have not changed a single word of what Alicia Spargaro said here. Quote, and that's why I decided to play with the rear brake spring, he stiffened it, so that when I stepped on it, it practically didn't act. It was false. When I saw Mark's crash, I remembered that. Long story short, he raced without a rear brake. Is that normal? I I said it at the end of the race, and I cannot believe. I have watched... I was watching motorsport in the womb, okay? Mm. We dodged a bullet by having a wet race. Having a wet race was legitimately safer than having a dry race, given the state of the dry Michelin rear this weekend. This was appalling. Yeah. Um, You couple that track surface to 2017 rear tires fitted to 2022 machines, and... At the end of the day, it's almost as simple as that. Is you've got tires that aren't designed for these bikes being fitted to racing motorcycles with 300 plus horsepower. You get a disaster. Paul yeah. Spargaro publicly accused Michelin of favoring Ducati by changing the tires, and no one batted an eye at this. Yeah. And normally that's on the level of bringing the sport into disrepute. No one can. Mir declared that he would not have finished this race under dry conditions. Mark Marquez was sent heavenward by his bike on a closed throttle high side as big as anything I've seen since the 800cc era. It reminded me of Jorge Lorenzo with Laguna Seca. And he was was the smoothest rider of his day. Yeah, anyone talking about how um, Mark needs to smooth things out and um, not push so hard. Jorge Lorenzo has, has flown farther than most human beings ever should. And he almost retired after that high side. Yeah. Mark was no shit 15 feet in the air. Every Honda was disastrous this weekend. Every Suzuki was off the pace. Um, It is a blessing that this race was wet. Yeah. Um, For two reasons. One, it washed away a lot of the breaking up track. And two, Michelin, to their credit, do have phenomenal rain tires. Like, like... They are so Trey, fast. Yeah, Trey, okay. Trey, you 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 mentioned something to me before we started recording earlier tonight that mm. this is how bad the dry tires were. The dry tires we, were yeah, it was so bad that 
despite the washout, and if you watch the race, it's 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 river levels. It was of torrential water. rain. It was a it was torrential it was a rain. There was, rain. There, was there was rivers of standing water on track. These bikes would have just about made a hundred and seven percent compared to dry conditions in qualifying. That's absurd. <laughs> That they is only, absurd. They were only 7% slower than they were on dries. It's normally around 15%. That is extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it in all the years I have of watched motorsport where the wet race, the heavy wet race, you know, it was unraceable for a good hour before this race was even started. Say, Jorge Martin, bless his <laughs> heart, hit a river and crashed pretty fucking hard. Oh yeah, could have easily smashed a corner bone. Easily. This was the safe option. Like thank God we got rain. Like in that sense. Like, and we got enough to get a race in. I mean, look, this has only happened a handful of times in MotoGP history, but when a race is automatically knocked down to twenty laps for safety concerns, something has fundamentally gone very, very say, and wrong. this is on tires that were significantly stiffer and more durable, to the point where they just frankly weren't working on Anything but a Ducati, because a Ducati always benefits from uh, a more durable rear tire. Yeah, and, I, and that that number is sticking in my head right now. Seven percent versus fifteen. Yeah, the, these tires were. Look, it would be unfair for me to pin all of this on Michelin because the yeah. way this track was put together was slapdash, and the people of Indonesia deserve better. But Michelin has to take some degree of accountability here. And I know they, they did their best with what they had available, but they got this badly wrong. And and you cannot race five-year-old tire carcasses on MotoGP in a sport that's only gotten faster and faster and faster in the last five years. They're well, not the fit big to thing is with these bikes is that we the Michelin changed their rear slick construction in 2020. And, mm. of course, that really hurt the front tire bikes. Yeah. And like Honda. Exactly. And then you have the, those teams go in and retool their bikes for the stronger rear tire. Mm. And then you take that away from the really the most reinvented bike of the set here being the Honda. Yep. And But even beyond them, because, like, like I said, the Ducatis generally dealt with it fine. The Yamahas seem to deal with it okay. But like Fabio Quadraro on that pole lap, that was scary to watch at some places. Yeah. Hey, remember terrifying. when Fabio Quadraro was feeling miserable about this season and then he qualifies on pole and finishes second? Yeah. It's amazing how these things turn out. And that was like the least surprising thing about this weekend. Like, like Fabio Fast, who, who'd have thought it? Oh, and it's it's a damn shame because it over like that and the Marquez high side overshadowed everything else that came out of this weekend, and it's actually quite annoying. I I I don't claim to be this massive, super intelligent, resourceful journalist, but there are people in this industry that should know better that completely glossed over everything that's been mentioned for the last five ten minutes because Marquez wild. And entire think pieces being written about Marquez needing to change his hide side, change his riding style because of that high side. That was a crash that could have happened to anybody. And of course, because it's the number one guy in the sport, of course, because it's Mark Marquez, and of course, because he's just come off of one freak injury as it is. 
but that he's now dealing with potentially another one here that people were just so quick to jump on. Oh, well, Marcus needs to just ride like 2019. Okay, yeah, let's ride again like the man who pulled off as near to perfection as I've ever seen in a MotoGP season ever. Like, that's just repeatable. Like, everything about this weekend and the way it was covered was nonsense. And I, I find it annoying that only now, as we record this on Wednesday evening, that people started to catch up to the fact that, oh, wait, there might have been a well, it's like, of other issues that led up to it, this. It's it's well now it's like and we and we see this in every it, we see this you know with our other sports that we cover is now people are using anything they can at Marquez that anything that happens up on track is like a gotcha moment. Mm-hmm. Like oh see he, he was riding the bike wrong the whole time. Like no, actually everyone on a motorcycle was legitimately endangered by those tires and dry conditions. Yeah. Because he just, was not the only person to crash. No. He just happened no. to have the biggest crash. No, he, he wasn't. Like I said, Mir was adamant he wasn't finishing. Rins was struggling. A whole bunch of dudes. That that was not a Marquez Wild crash. It was a this track and tire combination is inherently dangerous combination. If you're getting launched off a motorcycle like that at 115 mph, something has gone very, very wrong. And with the throttle closed, with the throttle closed, like, like, like there is a fundamental problem with either the bike, the tires or the track, or in this case, maybe all three. Like, so I, I, it's, it's annoying. And I, I feel so sorry for Mark. I really do. Like Mark deserves better as it is. He's already had a horrendous bit of luck to have an arm break. And then, a freakishly bad recovery from said arm break, and now two Perhaps counts. Two, two counts of diplopia. Diplopia. I mean, yeah, that, I think that's what's got that's what's got casual observers worried that like he's had oh, a problem with his eyesight, and he's had these string of injuries, and they're thinking that Marsha just forget forget try to ride smoother. They're just they're just going out saying Marsha just hang it up. Yeah, or like, that the sport should intervene and tell him to sit out races. See, look, I get it. It, it. I know with most people that talk about this, and I know with a lot of people that aren't normally MotoGP watchers that spoke about this this weekend, because um, it happened when he broke his arm in 2020 as well, so mm-hmm. I get it. Um, they know Mark Marquez is a freak athlete, and he has gone through a lot of shit injury wise and he's not even 30 yet he's he's still 29 years old right he's the same age as me basically and i get it like we are now more in tune with safety and the health of these riders more than we ever have in terms of motorsport coverage and that's objectively a good thing in my opinion oh oh without a question you know it's just people just need to be a little bit careful about where these sorts of statements come from. Look, Mark Marquez genuinely considered retiring last year. He, he's been open and honest in admitting that. So don't get me wrong. The thought is absolutely in his head somewhere if he was being sincere in what he's told the media and what he said on MotoGP Unlimited. Um, I don't see any reason to disbelieve him on that. So he's absolutely at least thought about it. And I, 
He's never done, besides maybe trying to race on a broken arm seven days later, which I thought somebody should have just said, you know what, no. And don't get me wrong, MotoGP does not have a glistening reputation when it comes to the safety of its riders. I'll be the first person to admit that. But I just hope people are careful about where these statements are coming from because, you know, it comes in good faith, but just saying, oh, he's got to retire or, oh, you know, you can't do this anymore. I've seen seen plenty of it coming in legitimate bad faith from people who've been waiting for the opportunity and it's just... Oh, he's cooked, isn't it? You know, because it's just... Well, I mean, my, my, my take on it is that if you... If if you're using this as an opportunity to dogpile a rider you don't like is ignoring the fact that we had real legitimate safety concerns from the spec tire supplier of the sport in this past weekend. Yeah. And that, affects, that doesn't just affect Mark, although it affected Mark most significantly. That mm. affects everyone. Absolutely. What a mess. Uh, it was an absolute mess, and I hope another year enables Indonesia to get their shit together. Because honestly, this is a damn good track on paper. It, re- it really the is. track layout itself. Like we had a legitimately really solid race. It's just a oh, shame yeah. that the only way it could have been safe is if we ran it in the rain, which we did. Yeah, and it shouldn't have to come down to that point in the first place. But a ret race we had, and a ret race we got. Um. And for another guy left off the page, and given we talked a lot about him last year, it, I, I believe, reasons. for all the wrong reasons, I believe it's only fair to talk positively, at least a little bit, about Darren Binder. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming, did you? Um, the, the, we talked a lot about him towards the end of last year and his reputation and the fact he was jumping up two classes to ride for the With You uh, Yamaha team. And... Last week, he apparently got into a not-so-friendly conversation with Remy Gardner regarding his racecraft off-camera. Quote, These are really not moto-free bikes here, so he doesn't have to ride like a monkey. Uh, so, uh, clearly it went down well. Um, one round later, he goes from 23rd to 10th, which is wild, to say the least. He was fantastic in the race. He, he's, he finished ahead of some... Quite big names, Paula Spargaro and they are Bastianini, who, who won last week. Um, Baniaia, who was down in 15th as well on that the day. That guy had a horrible weekend. He was down there as well. So, gentlemen, I've got to ask, after an impressive performance like that, are we a little more convinced on Darren Binder? Don't all rush in at once. You know, y'all, y'all know how down. I feel about um, Binder the Younger. <laughs> but he was damn good here. He could have beaten his brother if he, if <laughs> for no, a little bit of luck, he could have beaten Brad. Brad rode, end, Brad rode the end of that race like no fucking way am I finishing second to this guy. Packing order. <laughs> Packing order. Um, but yeah, Darren ro- rode a controlled race when he needed to, and he got his elbows out and made some aggressive moves without going over the line, which has always been his problem. This has always mm. been in him. What took he, him so long? He 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 was engaged in a certified Irish bar fight for basically the entire race at the lower half of the top ten and mm-hmm. beat some solid people to get some solid points. I'm not yet. fully convinced yet, but if he keeps this up, 
I ain't got no problem. It's like King, King, were you were you like slightly conflicted when the Binder brothers were fighting each other out there? <laughs> uh, slightly, nah. <laughs> King has favorites here. I had to ask out of curiosity. No, look, it, I actually I remember I, I listened back to that episode we recorded about about Darren Binder um, in preparation for this and. Even I have to admit, I was actually quite harsh. I really was like, and I and I think I was like the least harsh of the four of us on the stage. Oh, I was the I hand on heart. I was the harshest. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I, and I thought to myself, well, okay, maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age, given I'm 30 in August. But when when the MotoGP frontline paddock in Portimao is having an open conversation with each other saying, you know, maybe we need a super license system just to stop this one man from competing against us. <laughs> I couldn't help but feel just a little bit bad for him. I was just like, that's that's harsh. Like, this, this stuff is mean. Like, mm. like, maybe we need to turf out the entire juniors just to stop Darren Binder from, from riding in MotoGP. Like, and to be fair, look, don't get me wrong. A lot of that was deserved. I mean, that same weekend, he, you know, killed Darren, uh, killed Dennis Foggia's championship run in Moto Three. That same. I say he went to apologize and got shunned out of the garage. He, he, he got told to, to politely to fuck off by by the Leopard team, um, basically. And so I've always sat there thinking, you know what? Maybe I've been harsh on Darren. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him a fair chance in the top flight. And well, credit where it's due, he was outstanding. That was a fantastic performance. It, like, it was controlled. It was measured. It never looked like he was going to bin it. And let's not forget, pound for pound, this might be the worst team in MotoGP on paper. Like, his, oh, teammate, yeah. his teammate didn't yeah. finish. Dovi had a, had a mechanical problem. Oh, Dovi was, was looking good, too. Yeah, he was in the top 10 as well, and he, he, he binned it. I mean, in the one dry race we had in Qatar earlier this year, they were stone dead last. Um, in terms of development and where they were. Last year's Yamaha is, is a struggle-licious bike. It's not fast at all. And despite that, he was punching well, well above his weight to finish in the top 10. It probably would have been ninth if it wasn't for Brad giving him what I like to call the big brother move um, for around the final lap. Um, get the F out the way, Darren, basically. And this is Binder who had a broken bike. His shapeshifter wasn't working. Um, oh, jeez. So yeah, so imagine riding a wet race with your uh, front end shapeshifter not working properly. Um, Bindad did very well to finish where he did in the end. So, uh, yeah, KTM, work on that. But by any measure, he's at, he's at least earned a, a slander exemption for a week because that was really impressive from Darren. So fair play where that's concerned. Um I do wish, though, it was uh, it was a bit more frequent. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. Hopefully, it is. And yeah, like <sighs> that that might be the best finish that with you get all season. I'm not even joking because uh, that team was not in a good spot right now. Um, I don't like the fact that Razan Rosali was like, "See, we told all you guys about Darren Binder, didn't we?" And I'm just like, "Oh God!" Second race in, and he's giving it the big one. I'm just like, "Oh." But well done, Darren. Uh, you've, you've earned some flowers. You've, you've earned a small bouquet of flowers. Congratulations. 
um, on a, a job well done. But before we get out of here, folks, I mean, what did you make of the weekend as a whole from what you guys watched and what did you make of it all? Um, King, I'll go to you first on this one because I know you were streaming it early. Um, you, you were there as uh, I was still half asleep for the junior classes oh. for the time differences. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's clear that MotoGP does have a massive massive fan base in Indonesia, and mm. it's clear that they were pining for a race for a long time, and they finally got one. Maybe a bit sooner than they should have based on track conditions, but for MotoGP to break into a market as large as Indonesia, like, here in the quote-unquote West, we don't hear about Indonesia a lot, but Indonesia, they're... 700 well 270 million people live in indonesia it is a massive market if if moto gp can really have a established annual event in indonesia it'd be huge for the sport money would print itself and that just goes on top of like already successful events that they have in other parts of southeast asia malaysia thailand Mm. this track is good this track can be good they just need to fix the surface if they do that the money prints itself uh also shout out shop Shopcat chatra for paying yeah. thailand's first world crop pre motorcycle race winner in moto 2 that was he cool mo- he won the moto 2 race yeah first ever thai grand prix world championship winner congrats to him that was a phenomenal ride actually he completely destroyed the field um yeah but like completely beat him down that was a wonderful ride from him did not think he had that in him at all so congrats to him i mean i can only echo king sentiments to a degree here i mean you can tell that moto gp has been done in hard to expand in southeast asia and rightly so the area is a gold mine um it's just a shame that from a political standpoint this was all a bit of a mess and that was before we even get to the track itself i mean You've built it on an island. You've priced it up so the average person has no chance of going. You know, the ticket prices were insanely high, according to Simon Patterson. It was like two weeks' wages for the average person in Indonesia. So that's very expensive, which is a shame. And then you're getting into the track itself and how the, the, the warning signs were there about this last year with World Superbikes. And they missed the boat and they missed the chance to fix the issues right there. And then it wasn't until MotoGP tested there. And then they were like, oh shit, let's get this wrapped up. And they left it way too late. And they have to take some level of responsibility for missing this opportunity. And they got away with it on this one. They really got away with it. I I, I shudder to think what this Grand Prix could have been if it was dry. Instead, it was wet, and that was the best-case scenario for everybody here. Um, But there's going to be a black mark against this weekend because of what happened with Mark Marquez and how people are going to talk about this weekend now, unfortunately. I I don't think they should be, necessarily, but unfortunately, that's the reality of the situation. The ship has sailed, the horse bolted on Sunday morning, and we all know where the big articles were being written and what the narratives were regarding it. Which is a shame because, as King said, the potential here is off the charts. It's huge. Like I'm, I think it's a great track. I think it was a good race. I think if they sort this shit out overall, I think, generally speaking, I think they should have the race later in the day. Take some of the track temperatures down a little bit. 
and I think maybe just in general run it later in the year because March is, I think, is silly to run a Grand Prix where the track is going to be 65 degrees. Like, Ooh, that is just... Hot. That's asking for trouble. So I think there's a lot of little fixes that, given a year, given some time to sleep on it, hopefully the organisers and hopefully MotoGP itself and the Esperaltas can figure that out because, like, if they get this right, they'll be printing money in this country for decades to come because the fan base and the atmosphere was astonishing. I don't know if if any of you guys follow MotoGP on social media all that much, but did you see some of the turnouts for the street events they had here? It looked like you had half the country showing up. Oh, yeah. Like, like the, the riders were not allowed to interact with the public purely because of how many people that there were down there trying to get autographs, trying to get selfies, even just to get high fives and whatnot. Like these dudes are heroes to some of the children in this country. It's 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 crazy the response. I've never ever seen a response to a, a, a MotoGP return here than I've seen down here for for Indonesia. It was it was crazy. But uh, I hope. I hope there's more to come, and but in better circumstances than what we got here. I mean, what do you make of it, Cam? Overall, I don't really have a whole lot to add. It's just, um, mm. it, it's aggravating because it feels like it, as you said, it's kind of a wasted opportunity of what was a on paper a really really great event. Um, I like this track layout. I like the track in general. The scene, the backdrop for the track is great. And the race we ended up getting was very fun to watch, especially the the fight in the lower half of the top 10. Mm. But the fact that we had to get there with Mark Marquez with a concussion and double vision and having to pray for rain for the riders to be safe is not an acceptable outcome to me. Right. Definitely not. Definitely not. It shouldn't have to get to that level of danger before people start having conversations about it. And it, and like I said, World Superbikes told them more than he did to know. And they did nothing till the second test. And that is egregious as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, it was a letdown that I think they just about got away with. And they might not get a second chance like that again. So hopefully they address the obvious I don't know, Mark can get away with it. No, again, and, and just before we get out of here, I'll get well soon, Mark. Um, it's not Absolutely. sports, not quite the same without him. I don't care what you tell me. I know MotoGP is the house that Valentino Rossi built, but Mark Marquez built the extension. That's what I always tell people. He so built, uh, he built the five car garage. Yeah, yeah. So get well soon, Mark, and I hope he's back on a track in in good health sooner rather than later, but most importantly, safer. So get well soon, Mark, where that's concerned. Right, let's get out of here. Uh, places you can find us one more time, youtube.com, facebook.com, forward slash motorsport101, at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, at Cam, at Buckley 917 for our Twitters, and of course the podcast Twitter, at motorsport underscore 101. Website, motorsport101.com, for more thoughts from me on the race weekend uh, in general in Indonesia, as well as our Formula One and IndyCar races we talked about on other podcasts as well. I did briefs for all three of them, and the FIA report, on Abu Dhabi. Check all of that out on the website's blog section, as well as all our podcasts and all our videos as well. And of course, if you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com 
forward slash motorsport 101. As said, MotoGP will be back in two weeks' time at Argentina. So that'll be fun. It'll be good to see that again for the first time in, God, three years, I think, since the last time we had an Argentina Grand Prix. We were meant to go there last year, but, of course, sadly, the whole place caught fire. But it's back. They rebuilt it. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing Argentina again. Great fun track as well. Uh, but, yeah, in the meantime, we'll be back next week for Formula One in Saudi Arabia. But until then, I'm Andre Harrison. They've been Ryan Eric King, RJ O'Connell, and Cam Buckley. And until next time, sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. Get well soon, Mark. Get well soon, buddy. We miss you. <laughs>